Engaging Leader, episode 169. Use a success list instead of a to-do list. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Instead of a to-do list, you need a success list, a list that is purposefully created around extraordinary results. A to-do list becomes a success list when you apply Pareto's principle to it. Keller Williams, which is a realty company, is now arguably the number one franchise in the U.S. But back in 2001, although they were growing rapidly, they really weren't recognized as being premier in their industry. They weren't attracting agents and customers. And so their key executive team got together and they decided to brainstorm 100 ways to turn that situation around. They spent all day coming up with 100 ideas. They basically wouldn't let themselves out of the room until they had 100 ideas. Then they got back together the next morning And they applied the Pareto principle, also known as the 80-20 rule, which says simply that extraordinary results are created by a relatively few number of inputs or actions. So they wanted to figure out which of these ideas would deliver the most significant results. And although it's called the 80-20 rule, you can actually, in other words, 20% of what you do will create 80% of the results. So why waste your time doing all the other activities? Why don't you just focus as much as possible on the the 20% that's going to have the most impact? The principle also holds true if you say there's actually 10% that is more significant than the other uh, 90% and so forth. You can uh, whittle it all the way down to 1%. Anyway, so they, they looked at all these ideas and they wanted to focus on which they thought would be the most effective, most impactful. And they whittled that, narrowed that down to just 10 ideas. And then they cleared their heads and they came back at the list again saying, let's 80-20 this. Let's, let's whittle this down. And they kept doing that until they came down with just one big idea. And that was that the founder, Gary Keller, would write a book on how to become an elite performer in their industry. And it worked. Eight years later, that one book had not only become a national bestseller, but it also became a developed into a series of books with total sales of over a million copies. Now, their whole industry is about a million people. So that a million selling a million copies when your market is only a million people is pretty amazing. And that one book changed their image together. So do the math. 80, the Pareto principle says, says uh, 20% produces 80% of the results. And they didn't just stop at 20 to-dos. They narrowed it down to one idea. That is Pareto to the extreme. They were thinking big, but going very small, going very narrow. And they were applying focus to a business challenge in a truly powerful way that would not have been possible if they had said well let's go get let's go do these 100 things or even let's go do these 
20 things. They would have been had their focus fragmented so much that even if they had written a book, it wouldn't have gotten the attention and focus to become such a powerful book, such a well-written book, such a well-marketed book. They put all their eggs in one basket, uh, a basket that that they knew would work or that they, they at least said, let's experiment with this, let's let's make it happen. And you could they could certainly have adjusted course as they went along. If they started to work on it and decided, you know, this this really isn't that great of an idea, then they could have adjusted course. But by focusing on one thing at a time, they gave themselves that opportunity to have a an extraordinary impact. Now compare what they did with what a lot of us do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, regarding our own work, our personal day in our in our job, uh, in our personal life, and then how about our team, our direct reports, how we're leading them, how or maybe we're not leading them. We're just hoping that they're actually being effective with, with our t- with their time. Does it seem like most days you have more and more that simply m- seems like it must get done, and your to do list is just sort of always growing longer? Do you often feel overbooked, overextended, overcommitted, just in the weeds? Do you or maybe your direct reports direct reports feel like a human pinball bouncing from task to task throughout the day, hoping to check as many things as possible off your to-do list? But then that evening or the next day or a week later realizing, man, I just didn't actually accomplish anything that truly matters. Our team isn't getting the things done that truly matter. We're no further ahead than we were a week ago. We're no further ahead than we were a year ago. Part of your problem may actually be to-do lists. Now, to-do lists are not bad in and of themselves, and I'm a big believer in using lists as a productivity tool to to help us uh, not lose sight of priorities, to help us get things out of our head and onto paper or in an electronic system. Things don't to-dos aren't helpful when they're banging around in our heads. We need to get those ideas and those obligations out of our heads and somewhere that we can uh, not have to hold on to them in our in our mind. Let our minds be creative, thinking, getting things done. Let those buckets hold on to the, the to-dos. But the problem is, whether those to-dos are in our head or on paper or in an electronic system, they can become tyrants. They can tyrannize us with trivial or unimportant stuff that we feel obligated to get done. Over five years ago, I implemented in my own work the Getting Things Done system by David Allen, GTD. Actually, I guess it's been eight years now. And then I got so much value out of that that I actually interviewed David Allen himself on Engaging Leader back in episode 111. You can find that in engagingleader.com forward slash 111 as in episode 111. It's a great system for organizing to-dos and other information. But I noticed very quickly that all these things that I had on to-do lists were actually causing me to sometimes get my priorities mixed up. Just because it was on a to-do list somewhere, I was starting to feel obligated to get that done. When actually it wasn't the best use of my time at that moment, and maybe never. It maybe was a good idea, but not all good ideas need to be implemented. Maybe somebody asked me for it, but not all requests need to be honored. Sometimes they need to be delegated to somebody else. Sometimes 
They need to be uh, politely declined. Sometimes they need to just be ignored. So whether it's a, a to-do list or an inbox, like your email inbox, if you allow your, those to dictate your priorities, it will keep you busy, but also keep you from achieving real success for yourself and for your organization. You may feel like, hey, I'm really responsive to people, but over time you're going to actually lose respect because people think, well, she's really responsive, but she's ineffective. She doesn't actually make a difference around here. One reality that can be difficult to swallow is that just because you're busy or active, it doesn't mean you're being productive or successful. Activity does not direct necessarily lead to productivity or success. In fact, for most people, activity just leads to mediocrity. It certainly doesn't lead to extraordinary results. So if you've got a lot on your to-do list, whether it's ideas that you have or requests from other people, or just things that just seem like you or your team need to get done, how do you decide what to do, or at least what to do first? I'm going to share four principles for you from chapter four of Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And then I'll share with you five tips that I have personally found helpful in implementing those principles. First, I'll just run through the four principles quickly, and then I'll break those down for you. Gary Keller says that successful people have an eye for the essential. I think that's a great phrase. So in the, mid, in the midst of all they could do with their time and all the demands on their time, they are able to figure out what is the essential within all that? What's going to lead to extraordinary success? To do that, successful people, number one, pause long enough to decide what matters. Number two, they do sooner what other people plan to do later. Number three, they defer to later or even indefinitely what other people do sooner. And number four, they work from a clear sense of priority. So to help, to make sure you have an eye for the essential, the first thing you need to do is pause long enough to decide what matters. And there's a few different kinds of pauses that are important. Probably the most basic type of pause are what's known as decision points. I talked about those back in episode 165, so I won't belabor that point. But those are the moments in your day when you have the opportunity to decide what to work on next based on your priorities, your energy, and the amount of available time. Here's an example. Yesterday, I finished one task that I had set for myself to do, and it was now time for me to move on to another piece of work. The default that most of us fall into is we do that without thinking. We glance at our to-do list, or maybe we jump right into our email inbox, and we pick the, the thing on our to-do list that is just feels like it's going to be a quick win. Like, I, I just need to get something done today. So give me that good feeling that I checked the box. Let me just get five more emails replied to. This feeling like I, I got some, made some sort of progress. But that's a trap. That's a lie. That, that, that feeling, it's a false feeling of progress. You may be checking the box or responding to other people's emails, but you're not actually moving yourself or your team toward success. Instead, take a few minutes. It may be only to require 30 seconds. It may only require five minutes. It's certainly well worth it to, to invest even five minutes 
to plan your next, what you're going to do next. So at that point, I, I looked at my to-do list and just took a step. I took a break, went and refilled my coffee cup and just reflected a little bit on what my priorities are, what is my energy level, and how much time do I have available. My energy said that the next thing I should do was record the podcast for episode 169. I wanted to do that. That's the topic I'm talking about right now. I was excited. I had the energy to do that. But I could see on my calendar that less than an hour away, I had a scheduled call with somebody. And I wasn't going to, that call, I wasn't going to, it was not one that I wanted to, to cancel or anything like that. That was uh, an important call. So I was going to honor that call. I knew that even though I had the energy, if I jumped into recording that podcast, in fact, it hadn't even been prepared. I had done, I had thought about it. I had put some notes down on paper, but I didn't actually have it organized. Plus, so to get it organized, to record it, and then to do the follow-up steps take would have taken me more than that time that I had before that call. And what would have happened is I would have gotten part of it done. I would have stopped at an unsatisfactory point, and I would have been frustrated. So instead... Even though I had energy to do that, I moved. I picked two other tasks. One was putting together, a f- wrapping up an invoice for one of our clients. Uh, I knew that I could get that done, and it would be only 15 or 30 minutes. And then I had another thing, I forget what it was off the top of my head, that I knew would only take 15 minutes. And so I was able to knock two things off. They were both priorities for me. They had to get done at some point. And I was able to comfortably get them done before that call. So take advantage of those decision points. Again, the principle is pause long enough to decide what really matters. Those are the most basic types of pauses, those decision points during the day. Another type of pause is something to do either at the beginning of your day, which is a pause where you think about what matters most and what are you going to focus on that day. I often will do that type of pause the day before, uh, and I'll explain that a little bit later. But at some point, it's helpful just to sort of plan your day. But especially what's important when you do that is what are you going to do first thing in the day? And because that can set up your whole momentum for the day. And if you are able to tackle something really important, your one thing, your big focus, uh, strategic focus, if you can do one or two awesome hours of work on that and move it forward it's a great way to start your day and set you up for success. If, in fact, if you got nothing else done that day, often that feels good enough to, to make it a, a satisfying, fulfilling day of work. And then another type of pause are those moments you might do it once a week or once a month or once a quarter or once a year where you just do some longer range reflecting, talking, whatever it takes for you, meditating about your priorities your values, your goals in life, whatever it takes, pause long enough to decide what matters. That's number one. Number two, successful people do sooner what others plan to do later. They have taken the time to pause. They figured out what really matters and then they do it now or they do it sooner rather than procrastinating, putting it off. It's, and it's so tempting. You look at your to-do list. This is one way that to-do lists can tyrannize you to focus on the less important things. You look at your to-do list and you see, let's say you have 10 things that you'd like to get done that day 
and nine of them are relatively short, quick things. One of them is really important. It's the one that's really going to move you forward, but it's going to require two hours of deep work, let's say, as an example. And so you... Oh, it's so hard to carve out two hours and get this deep work done. And at the end of that, I'm only going to have one thing done. Ouch. Wouldn't it feel better to knock off nine things, get those out of the way, and then huh, I could maybe have the entire afternoon to focus on this one thing. It's so tempting, isn't it? But that's not what successful people do. They figure out where are they truly going to have make it a priority to, and have the energy and time and focus and uh, freedom from distractions to get that most important thing done. And more often than not, they're going to do that first. Early in the morning, let's say, before distractions or interruptions start, or they're going to do it in some environment. Maybe they get out of their office and they turn off cell phones and so forth, and they, they get it done, whereas other people will let it. They'll try to tackle those nine. They'll only get four of them done maybe, and that one big thing will just have to stay on the list and hope that they get to it the next day. Successful people do sooner what others plan to do later. A great tip that I have is what's called a success list. And the, as I said at the top of the, at the hour, uh, and Gary Keller points out, a success list is different from a to-do list. It is, it's, it's a list that isn't just a, a, a bunch of things that you'd like to get done or you feel like you have to get done. It's the, it helps you focus on what matters most so that you don't get trapped in the checkoff lane. It's a list that's purposely created around extraordinary results. And it, it, um, it's, it, it's what you do with a, you take, when you take a to-do list. Here's what I do. I, although I love electronic productivity tools and I still use them, there's one thing that I do that's very old school. Uh, or low-tech, I should say, I take a piece of paper and I fold it in half and I fold it in half again. So I have a piece of paper that's just a quarter uh, a quarter size. And what's nice about that is it's relatively small, so I can't actually put that many to-dos on it. It also can fit in my pocket if I need to take it somewhere. I take a pen, I draw a line in the middle of that paper. So I have a top half and a bottom half. In the top half, I write one thing. I literally write that word, that phrase, one thing. And then I write my most important thing that I intend to do for that day. I try to do this little exercise at the end of the previous day. Usually it's, so it's before I leave the office or maybe it's after dinner when I've had a chance to let my mind settle a little bit and reflect on my priorities. Tomorrow, what is the one thing that is going to move me closer to success, to my goals. What is the one thing that would be a true stepping stone for building a successful life, team, business, whatever? I write that down, and maybe that's all I write down. But at either that point or at any point over the next 24 hours, when there are additional to-dos that I feel like, yeah, it'd be nice if I got could get that done on that day as well, or... I have to get this done. This is due that day. Either type. I write those in the bottom half of the piece of paper. So, and I, generally speaking, do not allow myself to work on any of those until that one thing at the top is done. That allows me to relax a little bit and be willing to focus on that one thing without worrying about 
forgetting about these other things that I really should do, feel like I ought to do that day or I've been asked to do. And it, But yet it keeps the priorities straight because the bottom half, I really can't let that get in the way of the top half. I got to get that one thing done. The world won't end, generally speaking, if the bottom half of things don't get done. But if I have too many days in a row where I'm not knocking off those important stepping stones, I will start to get burnt out. I will start to feel frustrated and unfulfilled in my work. Worse, my team is going to be similarly distracted, uh, confused about their true priorities. So this helps me have a greater focus, and then it helps me lead with greater focus. That's how I do it, but the principle is do sooner what others plan to do later. And a great way to do that is to use a success list rather than a to-do list. Select and write down the one thing you're going to do that will make it a successful day to you and relegate any other to-dos to a different list and generally don't work on those until the one thing is done. Principle number three is that successful people defer to later what others do sooner. In fact, they might defer them indefinitely. Oh, that can be so hard to do, isn't it? Sometimes you got to say no to people. Sometimes you have to say no to yourself. Whether you say later or never, the point is to say not now to anything else that you could do until your most important work is done. That's what successful people do. I do like that phrase saying not now and just deferring because it's hard sometimes just to actually kill something off of your to-do list to say, I'm never going to do this. But if you can keep it the proper perspective and say, look, it's just not the best thing for me to be doing right now. I may get to it someday. And if I never get to it, I'm okay with that. And a lot of the things that get put on your to-do list, and I actually date things um, in my electronic system it keeps track of when they get put on my to-do list and what you see is that over time if it wasn't important enough to do pretty soon in the first week or two or certainly month then uh, more than likely those ideas or requests or obligations or whatever over time they really were never that important important to begin with and so by dating them that way they can sort of fade off in the sunset and I've deferred them to later, maybe indefinitely. But the good news is that it is I'm able to focus on what's more important. Here are two tips to help you defer to later what others would do sooner. And I'll give you an example. What others do sooner, let's say, respond to email. It's one of my pet, pet uh, peeves to be, aware, be wary of. It's, it's a false sense of productivity when, I, when people respond to email. And so... Everybody has a different level that is truly appropriate for their for their work. For me, it's no more than once a day. I have no business checking my email more than once a day. Lots of other people do it sooner. They check their email four times a day, or they check it once an hour, or they check it constantly. They let every single email that hits their inbox distract their attention, and they reply to it immediately. So they're doing something sooner, but successful people will defer that type of thing to later, unless it's truly something that's critical to their job. And most of us don't have that situation. One tip that helps me defer to later and be comfortable with deferring to later is a, a, a real gentle herb called serato. 
And there's actually two two different um, dental herbs that you may want to consider that are both in a family of herbs called Bach remedies, B-A-C-H. And Serato is the one that has been working for me. I've just been using it for a few weeks. These aren't necessarily things that you need to take your whole life, um, like like a pharmaceutical or something. They're just gentle herbs. They sort of help balance out your mind, your, your your mind and your brain pathways and so forth. And after a while, your brain starts to learn a new way to function. And then you don't need these anymore, or not very often. So Serato is C-E-R-A-T-O. Another option is, uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, um, Slerenthus, S-C-L-E-R-A-N-T-U-T-H-U-S. And I'll have those in the show notes as well. These are, um, they, both of these options, these herbs, can help your mind be more clear and decisive about setting priorities. They're very inexpensive. Just Google it. You can find it many places online or in many health food stores. But it helps me, when I look at the possible ways I can spend my time, it helps me be more clear about my priorities and be decisive. I don't have the sort of back and forth like, should I do this or should I do that? And once I settle on a priority, I can stick with it. That helps me in the face of potential distractions or temptations. Oh, what's going on in my email inbox right now? Oh, I just, I wonder who texted me just now. Instead, I can be decisive. Look, I decided this is my one thing to do today, and I'm going to work on it for this one to two hour period until it's done and before I do anything else. It's not to say I'm like locked into something forever. Obviously, I have an appropriate, you know, if there's a true emergency that came up or if I have a good reason for changing priorities, then I will. But it just helps me be clear and decisive. So a couple gentle, very gentle herbs that you could consider. And then the other tip related to this is mindfulness, meditation, and prayer. Most mornings, I'm able to carve out some time at the very beginning of the day to clear my head, to go through an exercise. Usually I use a a guided meditation exercise from an app called Headspace. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And just depending on what's going on in my life, I may only take five minutes or I may take 20 minutes or maybe even longer. And I will go through an exercise and it helps me become more aware of what really matters in my work and personal life. So my priorities start to become more clear. Secondly, it helps me improve my focus all day long. I sp- I, I'm, it's like I think of it as Jedi mind training and training my mind to stay focused on the present moment and to resist the temptations and distractions that can pop up throughout the day. That helps me, whatever my uh, given priority is at a moment, I, I've decided I'm going to take this time and do this type of work or I decided I'm going to take this time and talk to this person. It helps me give 100% of my focus and attention to that task or that person, which makes it a lot more effective. And then third, it helps me make the most of each moment for maximum effectiveness, satisfaction, and fulfillment. If I'm able to focus completely on some work that I'm doing, I'm much more better at it. I also get into that flow. I just enjoy it more. Uh, It's fun. Work becomes fun. If I am talking to someone, whether it's a coworker, a client, or my wife, or my children, I'm able to just 
stay in the present moment and really enjoy that. I'm not worrying about the future. I'm not fretting about the past. There is a time and a place for reflecting on the future to learn lessons from it and process it. There is a time and a place for planning the future. But much of the time we are doing monkey mind, playing monkey mind, and we're just worrying and fretting about the future or the past. And the present is really all we have. So when we make the most of each moment, it increases our satisfaction and our fulfillment. It's a much better way to live. So mindfulness meditation, also just good old-fashioned prayer can be helpful in that as well. And I do both. I do uh, usually these days I'm doing about 15 minutes of meditation and then I do spend another five to 15 minutes in some form of prayer. And those help me to defer to later what other people try to do sooner. And then the fourth and last principle we'll talk about is work, successful people, in terms of having an eye for the essential, they work from a clear sense of priority. All of these tips I've shared can help you do that. But going back to the story I told at the beginning of the episode, Pareto's principle, also known as the 80-20 rule, is a great way to work from a clear sense of priority. However you got to a list of to-dos, whether it was like... Keller Williams did and specifically brainstorm a bunch of ideas, which is a great thing to do at the beginning of an initiative. Brainstorm, just come up with a bunch of ideas. Um, when and But at some point you need to narrow down, you need to narrow your focus. It's a great thing to do GTD and have a collecting place for all the to-dos that come along so that important things that need to get done uh, don't fall through the cracks. And also so that they're not banging around in your head. Instead, they're organized into a system that you trust. But however you have a to-do list, you need to apply the lens of Pareto's principle to it and identify the few things on that list that matter more than the rest. So just like Keller Williams, start. you may have 100 things at first, narrow it down to the 20 or 10 that are going to deliver the most results. Remember, the, the, the data behind the principle is that a minority of causes, inputs, or efforts usually lead to a majority of the results. So you could do 100 things, but why would you when one of them is going to accomplish most of the results? So take a little bit of time, whether by yourself or in a group, and apply that lens. Go through that mental exercise of thinking about which of these things on my to-do list are the 20% that are going to matter more than the rest. Then when you identify that shorter list, apply that lens again. So Keller Williams, they 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 shortened their list of 100 down to 10, and then they went back to that 10 and they said, okay, which are the the one or two things on here that matter more than the rest? And then if you need to, apply it again until you identify the essential imperative one thing that matters the most. When you figure that out, it may be a simple to-do that you put on your list that you could get done in one day. Or it may be a project, which in other words is a series of tasks, uh, stepping stones, and you need to break it down into steps and figure out what's the one thing you're going to do today or tomorrow, put it on the list for that day, Make that your success list. Relegate your other stuff to a to-do list. 
I personally have found it very effective and leads to a much more fulfilling, rewarding life. At the end of a given, most days, I feel good about the day. I may not have gotten to everything or most things on my to-do list, but I achieved another stepping stone towards success in my life. I can look back on the past week and feel like I actually got somewhere this week. I got somewhere this month. I got somewhere this year. Do that, and as leaders, teach your people to do that. Help them to be able to focus like that and make sure you're not causing them to be human pinballs. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. I'll put all the links and other information that I mentioned on our show notes, which you can find on our website at engagingleader.com forward slash 169 as an episode 169. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications. My colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. In several areas, including talent management, workforce health engagement, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Monica Harrison, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers. Engagers.